All right. Hi, everybody. It's RCFB Talk 136. It is Tuesday night. This is when we chat with you. It's going to be an opportunity to talk some college football. It's the offseason. We've got things coming together. The NFL draft is coming up. Obviously, this week we're going to have somebody there covering it. So look out for some tweets live from the NFL draft. Um, our first time as a credentialed media team covering the draft. But other than that, my name's Bob Akairi. It's Thursday night. Here to talk to you about whatever college football stories you want to discuss. Feel free to hit request. It's at the bottom left of the Twitter app. For some reason, they I mean, this has been forever, like years. You have to, uh, to talk on Twitter. Twitter space, you have to use a Twitter app. And I, I kind of get it. It keeps it sort of standardized. So you're not using a billion different browser settings to try and figure out how to connect. But would love to hear from you. Oh, I see Thax up here. We'll go ahead and let him up. And let's see here. Yeah, it's been interesting to see what's been going on. This has been a, a fairly busy week. I think after the sort of extra slow month and a half that happens after the season wraps up, people kind of focus on the NFL. And then I think everybody takes sort of a deep breath. Things are starting to pick up again. But Thak, what's going on? How are you, man? I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. As uh, as you whip around the uh, college football coverage, uh, man, kind of a dry week, but I feel like the hot developing story right now is uh, all eyes on Colorado. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, the most recent egregious uh, thing that Mr. Deion Sanders has done allegedly is not release film for a transferring student. Um. I, I mean, I think it looks back at that uh, that original um, meeting he had with the team when he said, quote, I'm bringing my own luggage and it's Louis Vuitton. Um, and from that moment on, I knew that uh, it was either it was not going to end. Uh, I think Dion's time was probably uh, not going to be remembered. Super fantastic if he's if he's making those remarks. But. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that's been definitely one of the popular stories on our CFP is that that tight end, uh, I believe it's a tight end who who says they didn't release film um, for him. I mean, to be fair, the flip side of that is Colorado. I mean, if you guys haven't seen the numbers, Colorado has blown the roof out of the number of transfers out of any FBS program. As far as I know, I believe any FBS program, let alone P5. I mean, the athletic crunch, the numbers, they've lost or they're transferring out 46 players, 46. The power five average is 16 transfers. So, and second place are, are is Arizona state, which makes sense. They also had a coaching change. They had 29 transfers, but 46. So part of me is like, well, <laughs> is it just a backlog of getting film out? I, I don't even know at this point. I mean, it's a totally different ball game over there. Um, although their spring game was extremely popular, we saw footage of that stadium, uh, which is Folsom Field, still one of the most beautiful places to see a college football game. But the uh, just completely packed. Um, they had that, uh, you know, they did the cute thing with the uh, the, the super fan, the the, the nice old lady. Uh, um, I think it was Popham was her last name. She's a twin. Her her twin sister had passed, but they've been there forever, so she did the kickoff. But yeah, no, I mean they have they have absolutely seeing massive roster change you know i was looking at how people are reacting to that and i i agree with the sense it's like this is either going to be a super success or a complete disaster i mean it's almost hard to uh 
to see how it could go either way. Or it'll go in between and frustrate everybody, so we won't know. I mean, is are we? You know, to me, I'm like, is, is who's next in the transfer portal? Is it going to be the, the the mascot chip? I wouldn't say Ralphie. Ralphie's going to stay there forever, but maybe the mascot chip. They'll replace him with a. Uh, I don't know, whatever NDSU's Thundar. I just looked it up. Wow, that's an awesome name. The costume mascot of North Dakota State, the Bison, is uh, Thundar. So maybe maybe Chip will go out and they'll, they'll get Thundar as their new, their new mascot. But yeah, it's definitely been, I mean, this week at the very least. In a way, I was kind of thinking about that too. I mean, is that going to help? You know, because the attention is definitely there. As, as many of you know, ESPN only showed their spring game. Of course, ESPN's having their own problems. They're apparently going to do, I believe, three rounds of uh, layoffs uh, is what they've, they've said. So that's going to apparently put some pressure on some of their on-air folks. Although yesterday it was confirmed one of those people who is absolutely not going to leave. And, and it comes from, it's funny too, the New York Post, say what you will, they're, they're sports media reporting, like reporting on the actual coverage of sports, pretty accurate. They said, you know, Chris Fowler is going to stick around. So probably the, one of the more beloved people, uh, which also the twist is he's also a Colorado alum. And uh, he's openly admits, like he can set aside his, his fandom, but he is absolutely a buff at heart. Um, and uh, you know, when you could tell when he was calling that 90, uh, that probably that very old, I forgot, I, mean, I keep adding to rage, but that much of that very old Colorado fan who did the kickoff, the ceremonial kickoff at the spring game, you could just he, listen to the clip. It's on, I think, ESPN's Twitter. You, you can hear the emotion in his voice because he knows exactly who that is. And, and you can tell the fan, it's a rare moment where the fan, Chris Fowler, feels like he's kind of bleeding through. Which I think is nice. I mean, because in that situation, how can you? I mean, who's going to hate an old lady kicking a football? I mean, come on. So, yeah, again, if you'd like to join uh, the conversation, we'd love to have you up here. Just hit request. Hey, what's up, Beck? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's, it'll be interesting to see where uh, Dion will go, of, of course. I think uh, another interesting kind of tidbit, I don't know if this was this week or last week, you've got the uh, Pruitt trial uh <laughs> i guess you can call it a trial uh proceeding uh allegedly with greg sankey the sec commissioner going in uh the jeremy pruitt slash tennessee meeting room which was rather interesting um also something interesting western michigan scheduling uh scheduling uh michigan at the big house uh for 2026 i think that'll be an interesting game Western Michigan's one of my teams that I sort of have pegged to uh, to uh, not make the jump, but I, I think going to have uh, some uh, some significant success uh, in the next coming years. They're building something pretty cool out there. You know, I remember the Knoxville uh, New Sentinel had a had a funny article where they were trying to imagine if they made the Pruitt uh, hearings televised. You know, do that for the offseason. Give us give us something entertaining to watch. Um, <laughs> that was they never do it. But, man, that would be that would be something else just to hear all of that with that saga with with Jeremy Pruitt's tenure at uh, Tennessee, which doesn't seem to want to go away, even though I know and I respect the fact that Tennessee fans would, would like that just to just to vanish. You know, another kind of rivalry that's being renewed is um, Texas State is going to now start playing Sam Houston State again because they both were. FCS programs, Texas State obviously moved up and changed their name to Texas State. They used to be, I believe, like Southwest Texas State. Uh, and then Sam Houston, some of you may remember, is going to be joining FBS 
this season, along with Jacksonville State. Uh, it's going to be nice to have a few more programs out there and, hey, for some money games, and now they count as FBS programs. But they're going to be renewing that rivalry at uh, Houston's NRG Stadium, so it's kind of fun to see some of those things coming back. Um, I think it'll be, it'll be fun to see that. I mean, two G5s. Could be a packed stadium. Uh, it seems like a lot of their fans uh, from both of those programs are excited about that. I fully admit when I read that those two teams were going to be playing each other again, you know, the first thing I do is I see an RCFP. Like, how are people reacting to it? Their fans think it's the best thing ever. So that tells you it really is a – this isn't just some nonsense. It's just, this is two big fan bases. So good for them. You know, I mean, it, they're two big schools, not necessarily big in sports, but it's great to see them playing – you know, the transfer portal, the one part I did want to mention is the big story, at least there in terms of, of changes, is seeing Georgia's defensive tackle, Bear Alexander. Probably, I know in some of these these rankings of who were the big names in the portal, he's transferred to USC. Now, how well he does there, who knows? I mean, Lincoln Riley certainly loaded that offense last year, and then the defense, uh, well, we saw all of us saw the Cotton Bowl. So, I mean, uh, will, that, will that help strengthen the defense? Not sure. They still have Alex Grinch as their defensive coordinator. But that, along with some of those other folks they've brought on to the USC roster in the offseason, we'll see if that defense can match the, uh, the insanity of, of what their offense has been doing. You know, speaking of the, uh, just the, the offense, only because Caleb Williams is obviously not in the draft this season. It was interesting to see the Athletic had, I believe it was a Bruce Feldman article that said, you know, he is he really would he have beat all of the current quarterbacks had he been in the draft? I don't know that. I think it's it's I agree it's it's a little bit it, everyone always thinks there's a better quarterback in the next draft. I mean, once in a while you get someone like an Andrew Luck, someone who's just like on a different level. But not sure if that's going to be at Thack. I know you wanted to add something to this. And again, if any of you out there want to join in, just hit request. I'd love to have you up here. Yeah, and I think I talked about this uh, three weeks ago. Uh, I, I think Bear is a is a pretty large loss uh, for Georgia, and and they they've got they've got depth obviously at those positions, but that player is something else, and I think he's I think he's going to contribute a lot to USC, and uh, I know I know you're a big USC guy, so uh, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if we uh, we possibly saw a USC uh, college football playoff this year, obviously. Uh, um, it, it, there's a tough road ahead for them. Um, but I, yeah, I think it's a big loss for Georgia. I think people are coming in really hot on Georgia and understandably. So they're a great team, Kirby smart, good depth, but, uh, you're talking about losses, um, at, at, uh, Lade- Washington, you're talking, talking about losses bear now on the defense. And, uh, man, I don't know. I don't know if it's just going to be a smooth ride for Georgia, uh, this year as, as people are expecting. Well, I think really the biggest question is obviously going to be changing a quarterback, but I, Georgia is just such a solid it, – it's such a solid program right now. They are Alabama's – you know, if not equal, they're at this point in that zone. They are they're in that zone where they're climbing into the realm of Alabama in terms of just loading in talent and having a coaching staff that can develop it out. So I, I don't know if, if Alexander is, is a big, as big of a loss for Georgia as it is a gain for USC. I think USC definitely got the net benefit there because that defense is certainly not comparable to what the, what the dogs had. But, um, <laughs> you know, this is an interesting question. So, oh, and it looks like we have someone else who wants to join in here. Let's go ahead and let you up, Tyler Painter. Um, would love to have you and hear your thoughts on, on just about anything. Um, 
Just feel free to unmute. We'd love to hear from you. Looks like you're up here, uh, Tyler Painter 16. Sometimes it takes a little bit to unmute. And also, it's weird. If you've never spoken live on a Twitter space, it's kind of a weird time jump. You it's, Sometimes you don't realize you're on a slight time delay with how we're talking. Um, and then when you get on the stage, it brings you right up to live live time. So I, that threw me off the one time I was a guest on a on a, a, <laughs> a Twitter space. Suddenly, I felt like I jumped five seconds into the future. But if you do join, it looks like we and it looks like he wasn't able to to connect. Just uh, keep that in mind. It's kind of a funny jump when you, when you join us up here. But again, if you'd like to join in the conversation, feel free. Uh, Thak, I know you were about to say something um, when he dropped off. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it, well, and I think Georgia's. Uh, I'm not pounding down on them too much. I think they brought, uh, honestly, one of the best wide receivers in college football, Dominic Lovett. Uh, obviously, left Missouri. Um, I think they brought one of the best wide receivers in the transfer transfer portal, and that, it was a it was a position that they were sort of not historically lacking, but recently lacking in a, a decent number wide receiver number one. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, especially with Brock Bowers and Dominic Lovett. Uh, they got a lot of options uh, down the field. They just got to pick a right guy at quarterback, and uh, I think they'll be okay. Uh, that's just that's the big question. I think people underrate how how important Stetson Bennett was to that offensive scheme. Yes, absolutely. And I think that, that, that he's, he's the biggest, I mean, and also one of the intangible things, you know, it's interesting too, speaking of quarterbacks, it's fun to see who, who's going to go first in the draft. I mean, there's all this, it's an interesting to see, like, has there been some, like there, there's all this rumbling on Twitter about Will Levis over at Kentucky, whether or not he's going to go number one or his, his odds suddenly jumped significantly I mean, looking around, I still don't see him. I mean, I, and I'm not saying my own personal opinion. I'm seeing looking around like some of the bigger like pro football, you know, PFF and the athletic and the various people there. Seems like um, I'm seeing a lot more towards Bryce Young likely going to the Panthers, but I'm not sure about that. If you have, by the way, if anyone has thoughts on that, would love to hear from you. Zach, what's your thoughts on what who might go where in the draft? Oh, I'm convinced these uh, NFL draft guys absolutely don't watch a uh, lick of college football at all, and that would make a lot of sense. With they're talking about Will Levis and uh, and uh, Anthony Richardson, uh, both uh, quarterbacks that lost to Vanderbilt last year. So uh, I, I don't know. I I, I I think the obvious pick is Bryce Young, and uh, people. Uh, I, I don't know if you were seeing this tweet allegedly. Uh, According to somebody on the gambling subreddit, some gambling subreddit, allegedly Will Levis was saying to friends and family he thought the Panthers were going to pick him and change the betting line. So I, I'm convinced these NFL fans don't really watch a watch a lick of college football. Well, hey, football. to be to be fair, uh, Josh Allen, I remember I actually had a chance to interview him twice at at Mount West Media Days. I mean, Wyoming was still struggling because it's Wyoming. It's hard to bring people out there. The fact that Craig Bull can even get them into bowl games on a regular basis is a miracle. And I always, when we sometimes hear Wyoming fans get really upset that they were not going up to the next level, I'm like, guys, you are in the. I mean, I've driven through the state of Wyoming. Oddly enough, I haven't driven. Uh, I actually haven't driven through Laramie. I've driven through other parts, but you know, it is like getting young, fo young men that want to go out there is a tough sell. 
and then you know you're competing on on a totally different level the fact that you know but the point is when they were talking about analysis for a lot of these guys you know you look at who their surrounding talent was and obviously Allen worked out like cuz everyone they were hot on him for two years in a row until he finally could could be drafted so I, it's interesting too although it's weird to say that about Anthony Richardson although cuz it's not like Florida isn't a, a school that can recruit but i mean it sounds like he just blew everyone away like when it comes to to what he has with his 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 abilities and and how he did given you know i guess given who he was who was around him but yeah that was that's he's been one of the the striking ones in terms of like what happened on the field versus where he seems to be in a lot of draft you know lineups i've seen him as high as number 2 yeah well well and here's the other thing is i guess you never really know i'm see i'm i'm from st louis originally and uh uh, unfortunately, didn't have much of a chance to watch the 2001, uh, 2001 Rams, 2000 Rams. So, uh, you know, a grocery bagger from UNI uh, won a Super Bowl and I guess two and is in the NFL Hall of Fame. So what do I know about NFL talent? But you're telling me two guys that lost to Vanderbilt uh, and, you know, have some have some issues, uh, it, it, some issues uh, in their college play, pretty large issues. Uh, Richardson's got some interception issues. Uh, it, it's interesting to see his draft stock come out of almost nowhere from, uh, you know, a college football fan. Obviously, he's a real athletic guy and uh, he's made a couple good plays. Uh, I, I think uh, he's also made quite a lot of bad plays. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the things that that struck me was, and I'd forgotten this had happened because they were talking about. I was reading an article about who some of the best returning quarterbacks are at the G five level, and oh god, his name just slipped my mind. But UTSA, their quarterback, it's he's going into his seventh year. First of all, that's just stunning. But obviously, you know, Jeff Trailer, you can't. Uh, he the three best year, his three seasons at UTSA are the three best seasons they've ever had. Um, you know, they lost one conference game in the last two years and they've been this sort of potential new year six spoiler. And when the playoff expands, who knows, they would be technically a, a potential playoff team, you know, backing into that. But that, that quarterback, they got him to stay even after a tremendous season because of, um, NIL, which I thought was interesting too, because you, I've been, you've been, there was another interesting kind of analysis about how the NIL situation is sort of affecting the draft a little bit, because some of the players that might've come out are now staying because of the money they're getting there, especially, I mean, and it makes sense if you're projected as a late round pick, like seventh, I should say late, like sixth or seventh rounder. Or, you know, for possibility of being a free agent, you might make more money sticking around for your final year. And that is something that is starting to come into play, according to some of the NFL uh, scouts that have been interviewed in, in some of these articles. Looks like we have someone else who wants to join. Oh, hey, yeah. Awesome. Let's get uh, Quinchonism, our, uh, our f- old Miss friend. What's going on? Let him up. And when he gets up here, hey, what's going on? How are you doing? Doing good. How are you? Good. What's going on out there? Um, I was just wondering, uh, with the, uh, do you think San Diego State will be moving to the Pac-12 anytime soon? That's a good question. I think San Diego State. First of all, they they've got so many things going for them, and they are the natural like. If you can't get USC and UCLA, because now they're locked into the Big Ten, good luck getting them out of there without some sort of insane sum of money, um, which Pac-12 ain't getting anytime soon. 
San Diego State's your next best, best option. People always seem to San Diego State's kind of San Diego is kind of funny. It's a huge population. People don't realize like in most states it would be the biggest city in the state. But it's overshadowed because it's basic. It's just under Los Angeles. And the only reason they're not contiguous is because Camp Pendleton, the big Marine base, is the only it, it, you can't develop that. So that's the only reason those two cities haven't just merged completely in one. So San Diego State has always second banana. It always, I mean, to USC and CLA, I remember it's so funny. 2000, gosh, I can remember back in 2000, I went to the San Diego Sports Hall of Fame. And what struck me once you got past, obviously, the Chargers and the, all the, you know, the uh, the Padres and all the pro teams was that they had, you know, college football area. And it was USC and UCLA. And then, oh, and a couple of things about San Diego State. So that that in a way symbolized the dominance they had in Southern California over there. But that said, San Diego State's been building something. I mean, that Snapdragon Stadium is a lovely stadium. I mean, that they had a really bad timing on that first game, and we'll set that aside. But the stadium itself has been a wonderful development, and they've got the fact that they've got a big alumni base. San Diego State's an enormous university, so it would at least bring that area back in. It would give teams an excuse to go down there. It would, it would help a little bit with recruiting. So San Diego State has found itself as one of the more attractive G5 programs. I mean... Back in the day, when the Big East was trying to survive before it kind of collapsed and became the American as we know it now, they actually were tr- they actually got San Diego State, Boise State, and TCU that were going to join them. I don't remember if Boise State was actually no Boise State wasn't going to join them. They actually said they'll stay in the Mountain West. But TCU and I remember there, were, there there must be a handful of shirts out there because TCU specifically had these. The Horn Frog, because they were in the Mountain West, so the Horn Frog with Big East underneath it, because they were hype. They were like, we're going into what was then considered a power conference. Um, and then, obviously, that all collapsed because the rest of the conferences started shifting, and San Diego State ended up back in uh, the Mountain West, where they are, and they remain. But they, they've always had that desire to move up, and now, you know, as you mentioned it, the fact is, with the, the, with the departures that have occurred they may be the most attractive team for adding someone from the G5, at least in terms of media market. SMU as well, but only to the Pac-12, I would say, because the Big Big 12's already got that that market locked down. The Pac-12 and SMU, that would would make some sense because you're expanding your footprint to the Metroplex. But San Diego State's attractive to both conferences because it's Southern California and it's the only only team left. There is no other FBS program there. you know San Diego's FCS, but they're non they're I mean they're non they're non scholarship FCS, and that that is a tiny campus. It's a small Catholic university. I've I've been to the it's a beautiful campus. Worth actually, I'd say go visit that one over San Diego State if you want to see pretty buildings on a campus. But the uh, no, they're never going to be they're never going to be able to compete at that level. And then you got UC San Diego, which doesn't care about sports. UC Irvine that doesn't care about sports. I mean, you know, it, 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 then you get the the general Southern California attitude, where maybe they might have a good basketball team, but, but football ain't it. So it's a good question, though. I think it is, and I think San Diego State would be part of the Pac-12 trying to climb its way back up if they can manage to do it, only because that would add potential revenue by bringing in a lot more television because that's i mean again the boy the bottom line is if you really are thinking about um p5 expansion or at least p5 uh conferences trying to expand their uh membership 
it's it's TV market. Even that's why even back in the day, everyone was just scratching their head when the Big Ten added Rutgers. I mean, they were trying to claim that New York, New Jersey market. That that's that was what made them valuable. That's what made Maryland valuable. You're adding the Baltimore, DC market. So that's where San Diego State kind of fits in. Looks like we have someone else who wants to join in. I'm gonna go ahead and and welcome in Mark Hill. So, Mark, welcome. If you just hit unmute, we'd love to talk to you. Hey, man, thanks very much. Uh, Wyoming fan here. I don't know how many. Oh, got. hey, what's going on? <laughs> we we're just talking about them. Oh, really? Oh, man, I, I enjoyed late. I yeah, well, no, I mean, we were saying like you know sometimes in the draft because some people are, are talking about you know well you know I mean my friend Thack here was talking about Anthony Richardson and how you know even though he's at forty he had some pretty bad losses, but at the same time we're like Josh Allen, man. I mean. People, because I had opportunity, I was just saying, I had opportunity to talk to Josh Allen a couple of uh, uh, Mountain West preview, uh, Mountain West, uh, I should say, uh, media days um, before t- uh, his final two seasons. And I mean, I remember the hype behind him. But I mean, obviously, Wyoming was still struggling because it's Wyoming and, and it's a different, it's a different, you know, world to try and recruit out there. But people could see his talent and obviously he's worked out. So that was kind of catching you up on the earlier, earlier conversation on that. But what are your thoughts, Mark? Uh, well, so actually, I'll tell you one thing about Josh Allen. Um, I remember when he came into a game, uh, you could you could see that kid was kind of magical to begin with. Now, not we didn't know that he was the NBA, you know, NFL kind of magic he turned into, but that kid had a cannon from day one, and he had guts. He was strong and he was fast. I mean, you you really could see a, you could see a difference immediately. It was weird that nobody wanted to uh, offer that dude a scholarship. I mean, he promptly then got injured and had to sit out the rest of the season, but uh, came back strong. But uh, I, I was going to ask you about, since you were talking about San Diego State um, joining the Pac-12, it, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. The Pac-12, I, I want your thoughts on this. Haven't they backed themselves into a corner because they're so focused on academics? And, man, they can't take San Diego State. It's a, it's a state school. It's not in the UC system. They have no respect for their academics. They really have, seems to me anyway, have backed themselves into a corner with this. What do you think? Oh, I, I agree. Before, I think they got really in a desperate situation with USC and UCLA bailing. That would have been part of the argument because that was a classic thing. Why will they never take Boise? Why will they never take Fresno State or San Diego State? And it you should know, have been there, BYU and Utah, really, right? Yeah, and I mean that was always the snootiness of it. And, I, and BYU, the always the excuse was so called because they wouldn't play on Sundays. Some thought UC Berkeley in particular had some animosity towards them, but it was never necessarily here or there. Although now I guarantee you, they would love to have BYU as part of their as part of their lineup because you know, and, and and of course the Big Twelve got them. But I think that that academic snootiness definitely went away when UCLA and USC left. But also, cause, I mean, remember USC, pardon me, UCLA and, and, and Berkeley got into a real fight with the regents, like within the, re- the realm of the regents. Like, I guess, you know, we've talked about, it's, we nicknamed it Calimony, and I'm not going to say we're the first ones to say that, but I, a couple of people came up with that because it just lends itself. Because <laughs> now UCLA has to pay to the UC regents to basically help uh, – give Cal some of the money they're getting from the big 10 um, that I think shattered a lot of those, those, um, those, those traditional kind of uh, uh, things that were associated with the conference, because now I think they're just, it's, it, it's, it's a desperate, it, it desperate to survive. So 
I, but I hear you. I mean, you know, that's exactly what it used to be like. And, and it seems like the rules have just been completely pulled from out from under us. Because, I mean, I think San Diego State and, and Southern Methodist, Southern Methodist would be kind of interesting. They'd almost replace USC in some ways. They're kind of a private school. I mean, so is TCU, but they're a private school, snooty in some reputations. I mean, they would fit right in that USC slot that just... And I, I say this as a USC alumnus. I, I know, I mean, I'm very self-aware. So, I mean, you know, they would slide right into that slot, um, but not necessarily have the uh, the more recent kind of uh, developments there. But, man, I don't know. And, and, you know, just speaking of the Mountain West, if they left, if San Diego State left Mountain West, I'd be curious to see what they do in response to that. Because now, you know, they've got a new commissioner. Um and there's overtures that are they're constantly being made, and they always seem to be the best kind of. I mean, Fresno State. I mean, they're going out of their way to try and get into the Big Twelve. It sounds like I think they they realize they're not necessarily going to be attractive to the Pac-12 because they already have so many California schools, but they're really making going out of there. I mean, they're trying to. They they narrowly lost, I guess, a municipal uh, ballot measure to try and increase taxes to fund improvements to the Fresno State athletics. But, I mean, people don't realize, I mean, Fresno State of the G5 on the West Coast, they're one of the most insane fan bases. If you ever know, I grew up in the Central Valley, California. They are, they love the dog, the Bulldogs in that part of, in that part of the state, particularly as you get closer to Fresno. So they're trying to, they're trying to go out of their way. Their mayor is like a big, big diehard trying to get Fresno State into the Big 12. So a lot of this stuff is just really, really pushing a lot of things in the question of who who could go where. I mean, Colorado State's the other one, too. I mean, I could uh, see either of those conferences being interested, although I think Colorado the Big 12 would be more interesting. Um, it, you keep rumors that might be. That's an awkward time for the Mountain West, kind of just sitting back and, and having to – having to respond to some of this stuff. I don't know. What are your thoughts, Mark? Well, so all right, a couple things here. First off, I didn't know you were a USC guy. You're, you're very open-minded actually for a, a big, uh, a big school fan. I will say you respect the little guys. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, San Diego state having, you know, been a huge mountain West fan forever, San Diego state fan base, seems like a super apathetic fan base. I mean, they're, they're a huge population in this beautiful, gorgeous city. And I get the, I get the impression they just don't give a damn. Fresno State is different. They've had genuine success. Those people care. They represent that whole Central Valley, I guess. I mean, I don't know the geography super well, but Fresno it seems like it'd be a great fit for the Big 12 culturally. You know, they're kind of a farm school, sort of. They've got the passion. Honestly, I think Wyoming would be a big, a good fit for the Big 12 culturally as well. But Colorado State, my God, they have always had so much potential. Honestly, Wyoming has as much, probably more sports, you know, potential than, than, than Colorado State does. But more history anyway. And that is just given, given the, location to the locations of the two schools and the respective, you know, uh, resources, Colorado State should blow them away. Colorado State has always been a sleeping giant. They just they don't want to win for some reason. I don't know. What yeah, Colorado is. State. I'll I'll give you. They've thrown a lot at their their facilities as well, and I, I agree they are a sleeping giant in in a lot of ways. And they but and they have that passionate fan base. I completely agree with your characterization of San Diego State. And the more I think about it, 
especially <laughs> juxtaposed against Fresno State. I think weather and 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 relaxation have something to do with it. San Diego. I always tell people if you like the weather in L.A., go to San Diego. San Diego is like the perfect natural weather environment. Like if. If, I don't know, like apocalypse happens, like apocalyptic, like dystopian future where we lose all power and we're all just sort of like I live in Minnesota now. Like I would leave here immediately mm. for obvious reasons, but <laughs> I would I would go to San Diego and I would probably be one of a billion people trying to go to San Diego and, and I guess fight everyone there to try and live there because the weather is just perfect and natural. But it breeds apathy in a lot of way. And I say this again, the Southern California attitude, just anywhere from Malibu all the way down to San Diego. It's just kind of how it is. Meanwhile, the Central Valley, it's a billion degrees all summer long. I, I, I remember I had to go back a couple of years ago when my thermostat on my car said 117 degrees. I mean, it is like Phoenix, except it is not a big city. So, I mean, that's all there is. And, and that maybe that's what's driving the passage. Wyoming's big, big issue is going to be population because TV market yeah. is, is what makes or breaks things. And Colorado State, they can kind of say they're drawing on Denver. But it, it's it's not as strong as simply being in the market like San Diego State or SMU. We're slowly going to wrap up, but I see we have one more person who wants to join in who's been listening for a while. Scotty uh, Dukitz, or Scott Butler, pardon me. I see you have your name actually on there. I want to let you up as well. Just because I want to have a, an opportunity just to have your last take on it too. Scott, what's going on? How are you guys doing tonight? Great. How are Pretty you? Good. I usually don't talk on these platforms. I usually just listen, but you guys are talking a lot of a lot of things that are close to me, so I'll chime in a little bit. Especially Mark. Uh, I'm from Wyoming as well, but I'm a big Texas Tech fan. I wanted to get his thoughts on the the first game of the season for Wyoming with Tech. Running yes. There. And, well, it, and it's in Laramie. In it's in Laramie. Now, for those who aren't aware, Texas Tech is going to be playing up at Wyoming, so that that's a huge part of it too. But sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. You're good. I was just going to say. This is super relevant for me because I live in Midland, uh, Texas, so just up the road from or down the road from Lubbock. We are going to get our butts kicked. Texas Tech is going to walk up and down Wyoming and embarrass us. It's going to be ugly. I hate to report that. God damn it. Pisses me off. Yeah, I, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I tell my friends they better they better be in cardio shape, though, Tech, because 72, 20 feet is not, not no joke. I love that you say that, but the teams that are in good shape bring – you know, they bring their in-shapeness and their oxygen, and I don't know, maybe that helps us in the second half, but I, I wouldn't be too worried about it. Also, and talking about the draft, uh, you guys were talking briefly about the draft and Josh Allen and people that they, uh, that you know, get graded high and stuff that you don't really hear about in college that much. Uh, Texas Tech's Tyree Wilson, I've heard he, he could go number two to the the Texans or Arizona at three, I believe. He might fall down to the Lions at six. Just wanted to get your thoughts on what, where you guys see him going, and do you think he'll be a great pro or not? I think he's definitely got the right attention because he's got just, I mean, he's got that ferociousness that I've been reading about in a lot of the draft analysis on him. And I've seen him, as you said, like I've seen him in the top five, I've seen him uh, definitely top 10 in most of these things. So I think whoever's looking for that kind of uh, that kind of edge, he's going to be he's going to be one of the guys to go to. I mean, he's competing right up there with with Alabama's Will Anderson, Jr., who's who's just a stud who I've also had a chance to see play. So I think he's definitely he's he's done. He's made the right impressions. I think especially coming out of Texas Tech, that is a that is a hell of a. 
a hell of a rating. I mean, it helps. And I wonder how much of that was Tim DeRoyter as well. Because, I mean, I have to say, like that RCFB, we had him on um, during uh, on one of these during the season, we do more interviews, and we had him on. It was just Dr. Joy Moore, because obviously he's a, he's a big high, former high school Texas coach along with Joe Trainer over at, uh, 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 oh my God, UTSA, sorry. And, uh, but just looking at, at who assembled on that coaching staff over at Texas Tech, I'm not surprised they won eight games last season. So yeah, I, I do want to just go back to say, Wyoming's going to have its hands full when they, when they come up there. I mean, I have massive respect for Craig Bull, but that's going to just be that's going to be a tough one, especially going into the second season after a impressive first season at Texas Tech. You guys, I apologize. It's we usually wrap these up at about thirty minutes, so I'm going to slowly wrap this up here. I just wanted to thank all of you who joined us, Mark Scott, my good old friend Quinchon is him. Gosh, I always mangle that. I feel so bad. In fact, as well as as, as our other callers, I just wanted to thank you all. You're all a big reason why we have these every Tuesday night. This is RCFB Talk 136. My name is Bob Akhairi. Otherwise, I will go ahead and sign off. So on behalf of all of us here, I'm going to hang up and listen.